Hello guys and welcome to the Lean Off Plants podcast. I'm Chelsea, former overweight, healthy vegan, confused about why I couldn't look like my favorite plant-based influencers even though I was chugging back green smoothies every day. After a decade of unsustainable vegan diets, I learned the truth about weight loss, lost 40 pounds, and now I'm in the best shape of my life even after two kids. Girl, if you've been struggling to drop the pounds as a vegan, stuck in a cycle of self-sabotage, sick of yo-yo dieting and going hungry, never being able to get and stay lean, then this is the podcast for you. Each week I share the no BS truth about why vegan women are overweight, the action steps to get you shedding fat, and the mindset you'll need to get slim for life. I'm stoked to have you here. Let's get started. Hello guys, what's up? Hello Vietnam, taken from the office, not from whatever movie that originally comes from. My name is Chelsea and welcome back to the podcast. I don't know why I'm starting this intro even more odd than normal. It's been a day. It's been a day. I went for a bike ride and it ended up being more than two hours because I'm one of those people who's a bit of a time optimist and maybe you identify with this where you consistently think that things will take a lot less time than they actually do and you end up being late a lot of the time, you end up getting way less done than you think you're going to do because everything takes forever. So I decided I'd just ride right around the end of the peninsula at the end of my town and it took me forever and it was raining. So I left at quarter past seven and I got back at quarter past or half past ten. I had a coffee in between. That is by the by. Today we're going to be talking about should you be counting calories? Should you be, uh, is it going to be helpful for anyone? Uh, Counting calories and counting macros, it comes up a lot. It's a question that I get asked all the time and I've had uh, times where I've counted calories, I've had times where I've counted macros. So I want to take a really Uh, if I can, non-biased approach when looking at this and just ask the question, who should count calories and figure out whether that is for you. And I see a lot of people who talk about calorie counting in a really demonized way and they'll be like, say no to calorie counting and like you can never calorie count and it's really, really bad and it's going to muck up all your things and I don't agree with many black and white approaches to anything. I think that there's probably pros and cons to most things. And I think it's really worth taking an honest look at what those are. In saying that, I'm just going to admit my bias straight off the bat. I don't think that calorie counting is effective for most people. And in this episode, I'm going to attempt to explain why. So the biggest issue with calorie counting is not whether it's good or bad or it's negative or it's harmful or it's helpful. It's really, is it effective? Mate, that was allowed... Okay, so that was a loud motorbike. You guys know I always talk about I live, I live in a place where we get a lot of car chases and we get some loud people on motorbikes and 
you got to just deal with it. So anyway, so how effective is calorie counting? And when you're looking at any diet or you're looking at any technique, whether that be keto, whether that be a whole foods plant-based diet or calorie counting, or you're doing something like Jenny Craig or Weight Watchers, you've got to ask these very, very two, these very key two questions. That was really hard to say for some reason. So this is the sieve that you need to filter everything that you do with diet, everything that you do with weight loss through. So number one, that's to figure out, is that particular diet effective? If it is even, if it's even achieved, right? So is a keto diet actually even an effective diet to choose? irrespective of whether you stick to it just in concept is the concept good so when it comes to keto no the concept is not great because you actually burn more fat on a low fat diet not on a high fat diet so when pitted calorie for calorie you burn more muscle on a keto diet so to to have more lean muscle preservation and to burn more stored fat, a high carbohydrate diet is far superior. So just even in the concept, a keto diet fails. This has got nothing to do with whether people can actually even adhere to it, but it's not a sound concept. When it comes to something like calorie counting, fundamentally, it's pretty sound. Reduce your calories you're going to get into a calorie deficit and then you're going to be able to burn fat, right? And I will always need to explain this because it's foundational to understanding fat loss. You must be in a calorie deficit if you want to lose weight. Basically, that means that your fat stores get eaten up as energy when your body is in a deficit of calories. When you are not getting enough calories from the food that you are eating, your body takes that stored energy from your fat cells. This is how any diet works. This is how any kind of fat loss, any weight loss works. It's a calorie deficit. There's nothing super special about a calorie deficit. And when you're looking at effectiveness of diets, you're just wanting to know how effectively does this do this. And then that second important question that I talked about is how well can people adhere to the diet? How well do they actually stick to it? And this is where calorie counting miserably fails. And this has been around a long time. I was going to have a look up and see how many years calorie counting has been around, but I don't know. I didn't look it up, but it has been around a really long time and people have been doing this for decades. And if not, if not more, probably if not probably less than a hundred years of calorie counting I mean it's it's not like people in the middle ages were getting out their little my fitness power and I don't know like checking what the the amount of calories in some kind of like gruel was I just imagine like Oliver Twist and like counting calories like please sir this is too many calories which is totally ridiculous I don't even know why I said that but yeah, it's been around a really long time and I still get so many questions though of how many calories should I be eating for weight loss? How do I know how many calories that I should be eating? And it's with this intention to put that into a calculator and try and figure out what that number is. And my thought process is always when people ask me, it's like, you guys know that this has been around a really long time, right? Like you've probably had my fitness power on your phone for years I have, (laughs) except for times that I've deleted it. And 
it has not solved the obesity epidemic. If knowing the amount of calories that you were meant to eat solved anything, we wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast. I'm, I, undoubtedly, you've got better things to do. So why is why does it fail in this way? Because it does not tell you when you put in whatever number that is, whether that's 2,000 calories or that's 1,500 calories, whatever, whatever number you stick, that does not mean that you are going to be consistent with that. That does not mean that you are going to be able to, to actually adhere to calorie counting any more than any other diet. And when it comes to something that is dependent on you getting out your phone, measuring and weighing food and doing that for every single bite and every single type of food that you put in your mouth, that is so much harder than what you probably do now. Your likelihood of being able to maintain that lifestyle, even short term, I was going to say long term, but even short term, like even more than like a week or a couple of days or a couple of meals is very, very limited. The likelihood that you're going to do that is super, super low. So this is where, this is the real issue. It's not that you get the numbers wrong. It's that whatever number you put in, be that 3,000 calories, you would never know whether you were consistently under that number because you would not track long enough to actually get an accurate depiction of what you were eating. And here's the thing, people don't. Most people don't. You may be the rare unicorn who does, and you may be looking at it and going, well, hang on a minute, I actually do weigh and measure all my food, and I do eat 1,800 calories a day, and I'm still not losing fat, or what's the deal with that? Well, again, a little calculator on your phone is not going to be an accurate representation of what you, as an individual, what your caloric needs are and those things change day to day as well depending on your movement depending on what's going on so thinking that you are going to be able to accurately get into a calorie deficit just by tracking and measuring your food and there can also be about a 20 percent difference between what's on a packet and what's not and that you're going to be able to adhere to that incredibly difficult lifestyle is is really laughable but I think because we're so desperate and because it is such a concrete thing where you can feel a sense of success based on one day's effort I think that's why calorie counting still has so much power and I'm I really think that there are some people that can use it well but you have to know some key things first and I'm going to go through what they are Alright, so weight loss has some very specific stages and after talking to literally thousands of women now and looking at uh, and answering people's questions in my um, private Facebook group and on my Instagram messages and comments and all this kind of stuff, I've been able to put together these different stages. So it's really fundamentally important that you work through through these stages in sequence. If you are trying to tweak your diet and get more into a calorie deficit and cut your calories further and you are trying to uh, like increase the amount of veggies on your plate, all these little things that people do, but you haven't even understood calorie density yet. You don't even understand what a calorie deficit is. And you're asking the kind of questions, can I eat tofu? Can I eat, is, is it all right if I have a coffee? Is my coffee stopping me losing weight? If you have asked a question like that, 
then you have no business mucking around in like stage five, which might be tweaking your calories to get like super lean when you don't even have those basics, if you don't have those habits. So I'm just going to briefly go through this. And this is something that I've actually been developing for my paid program, Lean of Plants. The doors are closed at the moment, but you can get on the wait list. It's going to be opening up again in November. And this is something that I think is going to just really revolutionize the way that people in my program look at it and how they make progress. So stage one is understanding calorie density and what a calorie deficit actually is. It's where you go from being someone who asks, well, can I eat this? Or I don't understand why I'm not losing weight to really getting clear on that and knowing what the issue is, knowing why your diets have failed in the past. And guys, every bit of my free content is aimed around taking someone into this stage. So sometimes people ask me, what's the difference between like what you post on Instagram or your YouTube videos? And then lean of plants. I'm like, guys, this is worlds apart because most of what I'm trying to do is just show you what your issue is so that I can show you what the solution is. Because if you don't understand the issues well, then any kind of solution that I pose, you're not going to accept that. You're not going to think that's your problem. If you don't think that you have a calorie problem, me telling you to lower the calories in your diet is not going to help you, is it? That's only going to help you if you understand and you have accepted that, okay, this is really just a calorie problem. I don't have a hormonal issue. Most people don't anyway. It's not menopause. It's not the fact that I'm not exercising. It really just is that the density of calories on my plate is too high and I'm not being able to stick to whatever I try anyway. So I've got to change my habits. I've got to change my understanding. And that's where something like being ready to even join Lean of Plants comes in. But I, So I just wanted to make that distinction there. And okay, so stage two is being able to build your meals. So that's understanding how to use the 50-50 plate. And you, here's the thing. You can really quite easily st- skip these stages. You can be uh, like try- trying to like a build consistency in your habits when you don't even know how to build a plate. And you might be able to use that, like that's going to give you some moderate level of success, but it's still super important that you do get all of these pieces to the puzzle. And it's a bit like a pyramid. I talked about this last week so that when you understand this and how it builds on all the other stages and how these things interlace, then you're going to be able to make real progress that lasts. I always talk about in Lean of Plants, you want to win the war so that every battle that you take on, if you're taking on like the social eating battle, if you're taking the on the emotional eating battle and the understanding a calorie deficit battle, like you want to keep that ground. You don't want to go backwards and forwards all the time. You want to keep the ground that you work hard to do, like that you work hard for. So stage two, building your meals, using the 50-50 plate, uh, understanding about preloading. It's basically just how do you build your meals? How do you make a weight loss bowl? How do you make a weight loss week? What does that even look like? And guys, spoiler alert, it's mostly to do with increasing the amount of vegetables that you have and decreasing the high calorie processed food. And then stage three is once you know what to do, it's actually learning how to do it. Because hands up, if you have tried to change a habit and that has not happened for you, 
And if you have your hands down, I'm going to call it, you're a liar. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Because habits are freaking hard to change. And all of us have got negative habits that we are trying to stop. Guys, I have like a real problem with trying to get blackheads out. I think if I was not doing this, I was saying this to Nick the other day because I found someone's Instagram and it was literally all the videos on the Instagram were them with this tiny tool squeezing out blackheads. And this, I should have put a trigger warning because this is a bit gross, but to me that was like mesmerizing. And I just said to Nick, I wish I could be doing that because I love getting out blackheads. I love picking at stuff. And so recently I have been, I think just because I've been home, I, I'm obviously working from home now. So I think I've just been like touching my face a lot more and looking at my face in the mirror at night and picking at it. And it's a really, really hard habit for me to change as much as I know that changing it is going to be positive and that it's not helping me, it's still really, really hard because I've created this ingrained habit. And I am happy to say that I'm getting a bit better and I have made progress in that, but it's been difficult and I've had to change some triggers. So habit change is really, really difficult. And how this relates back to counting calories, if you haven't understood why you need to count calories or why that would be something to aim for if you haven't understood uh, calorie density and how to actually build a plate that is going to satisfy you for the number of calories that whatever calories you're telling yourself that you need to eat. If you haven't done these things and you don't understand these things, your likelihood of success is going to be even less. So here's where you go, okay, so this is a method that potentially maybe could be helpful for someone, but if you don't know where you are in these stages and you haven't gained mastery of the basics, then that's not really going to help you because it's not built on any understanding. It's not built on a foundation of knowledge and empowerment. It's just following a rule and it's following a rule of a phone, like literally a little tiny calculator. I mean, a smart calculator, but a calculator at best is telling you how to run your life and you're going to get to a point very, very quickly when you're living that way, and I'm sure you've experienced this because I've experienced this, and I'm like, stuff you little calculator. I'm not going to follow your rules. I'll make my own rules. And then you go off and eat cake. So stage three was creating those habits, knowing how to eat until satiety. So that's how to eat until full. And um, so stage four in this process is your consistency. And that's where you've built that base of you, you've mastered your core environment. So if that's at home, if that's at school or at work, wherever you are, like your core habits are there. You're not relying on motivation anymore. And then it's just tweaking what you're doing to get more consistent so that the a party doesn't derail you or going to eat out with the girls doesn't derail you and emotional eating or your periods like you can, you're able to actually uh, get super consistent and you can look at your inconsistencies and you can determine why they exist and then you can go back and create strategies to fix them and then stage five is you're very very close to your weight loss goals and you want to get a little bit leaner now, this is really interesting because there is slight deviations or slight aberrations in p 
people's genetics when it comes to how much food they want to eat, um, how satisfied they feel on the same kind of foods, uh, how accurately they determine like calories in foods, all these kind of things. And then metabolism as well. These are very small changes amongst individuals. Whereas the amount of calories in a plate, that could be diff- that could be 20 times a difference in calorie density. You could look be looking at the same or similar volume of food on one plate and one plate could be... Uh, 20 times the amount of calories. So these small differences though, when you are trying to lose like the last five pounds or the last 10 pounds, or you're trying to look like someone on Instagram, you're trying to look like that very lean muscle, muscle definition, probably some kind of like thigh gap. Those kind of girls, if you want to look like that, this is my opinion. (laughs) This is not scientific fact. I don't really know. But in my experience and in my opinion, there is not many people who will reach that level of leanness in in a normal kind of setting. Because to reach 13% body fat or 14% body fat or even like 15, 16% body fat, which is quite a bit leaner than me, you are probably going to have to put in significant effort because the difference between uh, like maintaining say let's say at 20% body fat or at 19% body fat which is probably about where I am probably about uh, 19-20% body fat let's say I need about 1800 calories to sustain that or let's say it's 2000 right so to get that extra leanness let's say your kind of behavioral calorie needs are more around 1700 calories the difference there that 300 calorie difference between 1700 calories a day and 2000 calories a day that is significant behavioral difference that could make that may mean that you have you pretty much don't eat out ever that you are you have to eat an incredible amount of vegetables that you really need to increase your non-exercise activity thermogenesis so you're moving more because you're burning more because at that stage 300 calories is could very well be the difference between you maintaining a super lean physique and you maintaining a pretty lean physique but not being at that kind of model level. So this is kind of where calorie counting could come in. If you are so set on getting to that and you get to stage five where you've mastered all these other habits and you're like, okay, calorie counting is going to help me to figure out what are the behavioral changes that I need to make, the permanent changes, because remember, this has to be pretty much permanent because you are going to become a smaller person and you're going to want to maintain that smaller weight so what what does that look like for me and maybe at that point you use calorie counting and then you might even go after trying that for a while this isn't for me because maybe cutting out that extra potato a day or uh, like increasing your vegetables more or never eating out maybe you go okay it's not worth it to me You know, like the 3% body fat or the 5% body fat is not worth it because I can enjoy my life just as much. I look just as good at 20% as I do at 15% body fat. But 
If you are not there yet, if you are not at that level where you are in a position that you can tweak your calories or you know how to build a a satisfying bowl at, like, if you don't know how to make weight loss meals, if you don't understand calorie density, then I don't think calorie counting is for you, personally. I really don't. I don't think it's helpful until you've mastered these things. And then even then, you're really going to have to approach that with some caution. I don't want to scare anyone. I don't want to say, like, you can't do this, you can't do that. I do know of people that even in the very beginning stages of weight loss, they've used that and they've set their numbers fairly high or people think high is like 1800 calories for most people. Even if you're eating 2000 calories a day, you would lose weight super easily if you were consistent with that. Here's the thing, people are not consistent. So they will track and they will take what they think they are eating in terms of calories from their best days. They don't factor in their worst days. They don't factor in that weekend, that boozy weekend, okay? They will not factor in the the late night binging or the licks, all the licks of food. So you cannot get an accurate picture of how many calories that you are eating over a consistent period of time. I'm talking months here from your good days, you would have to count every single bite of food and probably weigh and measure every single bite of food, on plan, off plan, good days, bad days, Um, after 12 p.m. when the clock has struck midnight and Cinderella has left her shoe, here then in between, you would have to do it all, take the average, and then I'm pretty sure you would find that you were eating way more calories than you thought you were. So this is the other thing as well. I think it gives people a, I just spat on my mic, sorry. It gives people a false sense of of where they are and it's not accurate and it's not necessary. You don't need to know how many calories you're eating. If you understand a calorie deficit, And you understand, okay, so how does weight loss work? All right, I want to burn my stored fat cells. Great, that's the first point. Understood that, moving on. So how do I burn my stored fat cells? I need to be eating less calories than my body needs. All right, so am I currently losing fat? If I'm currently losing fat, that must mean I'm in a calorie deficit. So if so, I don't really need to change anything because I'm using up those stored fat cells. If I wanted to lose weight quicker... I could increase that calorie deficit. If I'm maintaining my weight, I must not be in a calorie deficit. So what would it take for me to get into a calorie deficit without knowing that calorie number? I'd have to reduce my calories from now, right? And I've talked about this before. And I always say that because I'm sure that there must be people getting annoyed at me like, you say the same thing every darn week. And I'm like, yep, I do. I'm like, I literally beat that drum over and over again. And I'll probably be doing this till the day I die. But if you are trying to save money and you know that you go out every day and you have a lovely brunch with your with your lover and you sit there and you order what could you order? You'd order French toast and a vegan Benedict, which I don't even, I have no idea how they do a vegan Benedict. And you'd order two coffees and you'd order a smoothie and you do that every day. 
and it doesn't take Sherlock Holmes' powers of deduction to realize that a meal like that is very, very high in calories. So regardless of knowing how many calories you're consuming in a day or consuming in a week, if you stopped that that activity, if you stopped that high calorie activity, then you would be reducing your calories, right? I think I started this example with money because <laughs> the money's the ones that I normally use. So that's if you're wanting to save money, if you can stop buying Louis Vuitton bags, if you can stop buying expensive shoes and you can identify where your high calorie items are and you don't buy those anymore, then you're going to reduce your spending. You don't need to know. I mean, it's obviously a good idea to have a budget. I should probably be an adult and have a budget. But that concept is really sound. You do not need to know how many calories you're consuming now. That does not help you adhere to a diet. But when you use calorie density, and this is the alternative to calorie counting, and this has actually been shown to be really effective, to be really, really good for weight loss. The concept is sound, and then the results are even better. People adhere to this super well because you can reduce the amount of calories that you're eating per bite just by reducing the calorie density. And if you think about any kind of animal in nature, I've just been listening to The Pleasure Trap, and it's great, by Dr. Lyle. I would really, really recommend it. And he talks about how animals in nature, they have this amazing mechanism that stops them overeating and it stops them undereating because to do either of those things would be really, really detrimental to their survival, right? If a bird was chronically overeating and then they couldn't go and like look after their young or find a mate, they would die. They would die out if they were chronically undereating. They would get too weak and they would die. So it's really, really important that animals have some kind of mechanism that's, that keeps them eating the right amount of calories. And wouldn't it be cool if humans had that? Well, lo and behold, we've been designed with the same kind of mechanism. And this is where satiety comes in. This is where you can, in an in a natural environment, which we do not live in, last night we had friends over and they were talking, one of my, my mates is uh, American and she was talking about American cereal because <laughs> she misses it and she loves it. And she was showing us some of the cereals that they have or that most of you guys are American have over there. And there was like literally a cereal that looked like little cookies. It was like little chocolate chip cookies. I was like... <laughs> This is why there is such a problem because this is such high calorie density food. You think about all the sugar, there's no fiber in that. There's so much added fat. So the calories are going way, way up. You do not have any kind of natural mechanism to compensate for that high, unnatural level of brain stimulation and how different that is from a whole natural food. So your body doesn't have a way 
in that unnatural environment with that unnatural food to tell you when you've had enough calories. So what traditional diets do and what calorie counting does a lot of the time is that it just tells you to eat less. Because if you eat the same kind of foods that you are eating before you start calorie counting, you are going to be far worse off after you start calorie counting because you are going to be ravenously hungry. If you do not understand calorie density, because to get under your calorie number, say that's 1500 calories, a lot of people do that. A lot of people try and eat under 1500 calories a day. If you're doing that and you're eating these this cookie cereal and animal products, I know most of you guys are vegan here, but even if you're eating this high calorie vegan fake meats or whatever food it is, any kind of processed food, if you're cooking with oils, for you to get under 1500 calories a day, you would not be able to eat much at all. You will be hungry. The better way is low calorie density food. It's food in its whole form. It's a low fat diet. And when you eat this way, which is how I eat, how people like Chef AJ eat and Dr. McDougall and so many others, Dr. Gregor, and have written amazing books on the subject, this is how we eat to maintain a lean physique without hunger, without the need to count calories, and something that is actually sustainable. And whether you want to do calorie counting or whether you've never done calorie counting in your life and you're sitting here going, well, does this apply to me? Does any of these concepts matter to me? Then I I think it really does because it's taking this conversation from how do I reduce my calories to how do I reduce my calories in the most effective way where I don't even need to know what those calories are? How do I lower calories without restriction? Really, that is the question because if you feel deprived because of hunger, not even talking about whether you feel deprived because of not being able to eat Cheetos, like that's a completely different thing. That's a completely different conversation. But hunger, if you are consistently trying to deny hunger, that is not a diet that you can maintain long term. You do not learn how to deal with hunger. Not well. Like people don't really change with this. This is an inbuilt mechanism to keep you alive. But if you can, in a plate of food, remember how I talked about your plate could be 20 times more calories in it for the same looking number, like the same amount of food. If you could take that down and now that's 20 times left, less, but you're still eating a large volume of food. There's been a study that is done where, uh, I think it's Barbara Rolls, Rolls, I think her name is Barbara Rolls, which now I can't even remember. Anyway, she wrote a book called Volumetrics. And she was taught, she did some studies and in one of them she talked about how they were actually able to I think it's her now I'm like questioning myself whether it was her or not. I I do make mistakes, guys. I mean you guys know this. Uh not perf- progress not perfect. <laughs> I try and keep a lot of facts in my head and now I'm brought this on way too long. Anyway, she talks about how she was able to halve the amount of calories that people were eating from 
3000 calories a day to 1500 calories a day, but they actually doubled the volume of food that they were eating. And this is really how you can eat more and weigh less and how key this is because you do not need to worry about hunger. And this is where a diet like this gets more and more sustainable with time because it gets easier and easier to do it. You're not relying on willpower. You're not constantly fighting hunger. And this is the the most effective diet that there is. So to bring this back around to calorie counting, yeah, like if you want to count calories, if you can do that in a way that is strengthened, uh, like in your knowledge of calorie density, if you can clearly understand how to use that and that's helpful for you and it helps you to adhere to your diet, then who am I to say don't do that? Okay, if that helps you, do it. But I don't think it helps most people. And there is a much more sophisticated mechanism for letting you know whether you've had enough calories in a natural environment. And that is your satiety cues. That is not a little calculator on your smartphone. And I really just encourage you to keep an open mind here where if you have tried something in the past, if you have tried some kind of point system like Weight Watchers, if you have tried, I think Noom does a calorie kind of density point system or something like that, or calorie counting, whatever it is, if you have tried any of these diets and they have not worked for you, then do not... (laughs) Don't be stupid. Like, don't keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result. If you want a different result, if you want to get and stay lean for life and for that to be enjoyable and sustainable and that you are not some, like, amazing, like, I don't know, abnormal human that can somehow beat hunger because those don't really exist. And if they do, it's probably down to their genetics that they're able to resist hunger more. They're able to feel more full on on smaller volumes of food. If that's not you, then it is really time to try something new. And if you don't understand any of these concepts that I've talked about, if you don't understand what calorie density is, if you don't understand a calorie deficit, then before you go and try anything else, please educate yourself so that you understand these things. And this is going to be the base at which you are able to make empowered decisions. I've got lots of podcasts on this. There is tons of free resources online. I would really recommend the book How Not to Diet by Michael Greger. I haven't personally read The Starch Solution, which surprises people. But guys, pretty much all the plant-based doctors are saying a very, very similar thing. So um, The Starch Solution, I've heard, is really good. I would recommend that. And yeah, just searching calorie density on YouTube reading articles even if it's from a different perspective just getting that understanding and that knowledge base so that you can make those decisions so basically what we talked about today is the effectiveness of any kind of diet and that sieve that you need to start um, sifting things through so looking at in just in bare bones concept doesn't make sense So obviously a carnival diet and a keto diet are out on that criteria already. already. And whether you eat like me or you eat like whoever else, another motorbike, (laughs) please use that. Please use that as a measure. The other thing that we talked about was looking at how effective that is for people to stick to 
can people stick to it and 97% of diets will fail because people don't adhere to diets. Things only work if you do them, no matter what they are. So that's a really key thing to consider. And one of the questions you can just ask yourself when you're doing it is, number one, am I feeling hungry doing this? And is this getting easier with time or is this going to be something that I can maintain for life? And if it's not feeling like it will, if it's not feeling like it will ever get to that point, I don't think it's going to be very helpful for you. There's there's a difference though between looking at whether you can change your habits and you can change an ingrained lifestyle like eating processed food. I mean, studies have shown that you can stop eating processed food and then you neurologically adapt to enjoy non-processed food just as much. So scientifically, there's no issue there. You might find there's an issue when you're trying to give up pizza or you're trying to stop eating Domino's. But just from a purely scientific level, that is not going to be an issue for you long term if you stick at it. But again, something like calorie counting or macro counting, trying to beat your hunger, that's always going to be an issue because those things are always hard. They never get easier. You don't neuro neuro adapt to hunger. Like that's the hunger is what keeps you alive. We also talked about the five different stages of weight loss and getting really focused on the things that you need to master in those different stages. So number one, being that knowledge base. And then once you've created these different habits and you've gotten more consistent and you're able to uh, like maintain that for a longer period of time, then go on to tweaking your lifestyle choices and assessing whether you want to take that to the next level if it's worth it to you. We talked about satiety and how animals in nature don't need any kind of calculator. They've got this perfect mechanism which has been designed to keep them alive and help them to know when they're full, when they've had enough calories and we have it too in a natural environment. We're just not living in a natural environment. So getting closer to that and even if that's a small step in the right direction, even if that's right now you go and get rid of that bag of chips hiding up in your cupboard or you go right now and you get the eggs out of your fridge and you throw them at the neighbor's fence, whatever it is, eating more vegetables tonight, eating an extra head of broccoli, If you do that, then you are going to be making steps in the right direction to increasing or sorry, decreasing the calorie density of your meals and eating in a way that nature really intended or that, I mean, I believe God intended, which is uh, which we are able to rely on our natural hunger and fullness cues and our natural satiety indicators when we're eating the kind of foods that we're designed to eat. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I have talked about calories before, so I hope that this wasn't too boring to hear about again. But I mean, from my perspective, I'm always talking about similar things and I don't get sick of it, but I just always hope that you guys are not like, oh, not again, not again. Anyway, I will talk to you guys next week. I hope you really liked this. If you did, I love hearing from you. So send me a DM on Instagram or share this episode if you think it's going to help someone else. I would also really appreciate it if you gave me a review 
that helps me get seen by more people. It helps spread the message. If you think this is a message worth hearing, then that helps me to go up the charts in um, Apple Podcasts and actually get exposed to more people. So I'd really, really appreciate that. If you got value from this podcast or you like the podcast, please leave me a review. So uh, it's enough about me. My voice is getting hoarse. And I'll talk to you guys again later. Bye.